Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. Or they may go with combos out there. Just anything to save you money while you're fully insured. They are the pros, pros in insurance. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Best to do inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a great service department filled with pros, pros, technicians that will take care of the life of your vehicle at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Neil Riddell in a moment. First, our play by play call of the day. How does one explain the Bills and Vikings? Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. Cousins to sneak it. Can he break the plane? Is he in? No signal yet. Still waiting. He's short. They slammed the door. Zero breathing room. He tries to sneak it. The ball is loose. Impossible. Do the Vikings have it? Scrambled for the ball. It is a touchdown on their last breath. Second and ten. Allen steps up and throws. An interception. Patrick Peterson. And in this heavyweight bout, the Vikings with the knockout blow. The Vikings win the game of the year. Joe Davis on Fox. After calling the World Series, he got that game. Wow. And did a great job with it. Always doing a great job. Is my old friend Neil Riddell. Sir, welcome back. It's great to hear you on the other end again. Hey, Steve. Thank you. You as well. Thanks. Appreciate that. All right, so the Raiden 2, they've won back-to-back games. What do you think of this football team so far? Well, I think it's improving, um, you know, particularly on defense and up front. I mean, I'm encouraged because I I think the up front uh, ability to – Uh, run the ball when they want to and you know i think their offensive line has come together the running backs are obviously really good the two freshmen uh and i think there were times when you know they have a mid-season disappointment uh, that they wouldn't recover as well i think they've shown resiliency more improved resiliency this year now at times when they have to say let ohio state beat them twice it's been, I would say, uh, with all due respect, to to a better opponent than they've bounced back with. I, I, I just, I was, you know, I thought 
Indiana and Maryland um, just didn't offer that much resistance. Maryland really seems to get discouraged against Penn State when they get down. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens this week. Rutgers usually plays, you know, with a lot of tenacity, and Michigan mm-hmm. State is is capable. Uh, so, you know, but I really think that uh, the def- the how it will define this season um, will be how they do in a bowl game because I think they'll get another really good opponent. All right. Uh, normally, I don't care what the weather conditions are uh, or um, even sometimes where you're playing. If you have a running game and a defense, that can overcome some of that, uh, especially in conditions like Saturday. Uh, what have you seen in those two areas in particular that can be difference makers regardless of situation or location? Well, they, I think they're showing they have a lot of depth on defense. Um, you know, the sack numbers are really up, and they've won, the, you know, the battle up front, which has been good to see. I mean, you know, what, 13 sacks in the last two games, and, you know, you're seeing at all levels how you saw against Ohio State how the these edge rushers are really becoming um, primary positions. Um, so I think that's, you know, one area. And I think, they've, you know, Manny Diaz has been a, a great hire. And, you know, even without Joey Porter, when they were locked in man-to-man coverage, they seemed to hold up, <clears throat> I think, uh, pretty well when, when um, Tagovailoa had time. Um you know, the running game, you know, with Juice Scruggs and Brenton Strange, I love the way they're using their tight ends, um, yeah. you know, as kind of fullbacks. And I think they've shown depth on the offensive line, but particularly uh, the leadership, uh, I think, by Juice. And these guys are able to really um, uh, been impressive the way they've been, been able to run the ball. When you sat there and or stood there, whatever the situation may be, but you've had a chance to listen to Sean Clifford, and we know what the what the reaction in the stadium has been when they do the starting lineup and he's introduced. It's been mixed. How do you think he's handled all that? I think he's handled it very professionally. Um, you know, I think I was uncomfortable when he was. Um, I guess that was the Minnesota game. Um, when he uh, was was booed in the pregame, but I think that's been tempered, and I'm glad to see that you haven't heard as much of that. Um, but I think he's been he's been great with the media and his obligations, and definitely has been a real leader. And let's face it, I mean familiarity tends to breed content, no matter how uh, what aspect of life at times. And but he's handled that, um, you know, very very well, and. Um, you know, he's had some bad breaks at times, um, but at other times he hasn't played uh, as well as you'd think that he can play. Um, but he's, you know, certainly had a ton of sample size. I don't know, Steve, <laughs> up about a month ago I saw Justin Fields in the pocket for the Bears and couldn't believe how it looked like he had regressed. And I said, I think Clifford could be in better than he is in the pocket now ever since I thought that Fields has turned it around. Yeah, but, Fields has um, been great, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that they're, you know, you're measured um, kind of on the biggest games, and unfortunately uh, they've fallen short in those sometimes. So we're now, I think in eight of the ten games, I think 
Drew's played in eight. And they, you know, they're, they're, you know, there's a couple series here or there versus maybe a quarter and a half in Indiana and so forth. What do you thought of Drew Allard to this point? I, I want to see more. Uh, I think what we've seen of him, he's he looks like he has a strong arm and poise, and he and he put it down and ran for 12 yards the other day. Looks like he's a leader uh, with pretty good touch. Just need to see, you know, more. Um, I, I've just been a little disappointed with how that has shaken out, and I, and I did not think that Aller should start against Ohio State because I thought Clifford gave them the best chance to win. But I just feel there have been some missed opportunities. He's really only played when Sean's been hurt or the game has been totally clinched. And I think the way the defense was playing at Indiana and and uh, Maryland, the Penn State, that, those games were comfortable. I would like to have seen him be brought into certain situations given – his, um, you know, what role that we're all expecting him to play next year, and also the fact that Sir Sean has now been there six years. And I just think that there may be been probably about six to eight series when the games have been, um, you know, maybe it's 24-3. Even the other day when it was 21 nothing possibly put him in with five minutes to go in the second quarter and even bring Sean back to start the second half. I just think some more spot series when the games have been, uh, you know, more meaningful action. A lot of guys have played, and of course they've rotated a lot of people in along the way. James Franklin, you know, with the, especially with this recruiting class, was trying to change the depth quotient of his football team. Based on what you've seen, have they has, have they taken that step? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, they've played they've played a lot of guys, absolutely. Um, and you know the roster better than I do. Um, but you know, hey, you had basically two true freshmen that would have been uh, your players of the game, uh, your Altoona Mirror players of the game anyway. Uh, Singleton and uh, Abdul Carter last week. Uh, I mean, that's an indication of how many true freshmen have really made an impact. And also, um, I like the way the roster has has been developed. Um, and, you know, there hasn't been as much drop-off uh, in certain spots. And really, even the line, look what Drew Shelton uh, did last week. And it hasn't been a crisis when certain guys uh, have been hurt. Yeah, they've done a good job. I think they've done a good coaching job, really. I mean, uh, you're a couple plays away. You know, you get the unfortunate uh, offensive pass interference call at Michigan. While while you might be going in at that point to, um, you know, tie the game, uh, and then you know you you I would have punted there, but they didn't, uh, and and then the kid busts a big run and yeah. you know kind of lets the air out of you, and then certainly against Ohio State, you're right there with five minutes to go in the game. So you know, hey, there's a lot that you can build on right now that they are building on, and they could build on going forward. In my and mind. by the way, and by the way, that offensive pass interference call that was made—that was actually the right call, so everybody understands that. I mean, uh, not—I mean, I'm talking about the, um, yeah, the uh, the one on Warren. That actually was the right call because the ball was over the line of scrimmage. It had been behind, 
it's a legal play, but because the ball is beyond it, it's a legal play. So right, but technically everybody... that wouldn't have been his fault, I don't think. Because no, 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 no. it's not. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. no, it's not. It just turned out that the it was just I think it was by about a half yard, a yard. So I would just want to make sure everybody so knows the official. Give them a little props. They got it right along, yeah. along the way. Yeah, let me know when you have a window here because I have a question for you. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. What question you um, have? With your memory, because uh, I don't know that I've ever seen an official uh, come to midfield and say there's an unsportsmanlike or uh, conduct on the head, quote unquote, the head coach. And I don't know, A, is that a point of emphasis on sideline management or if something was said, is there less tolerance? Um, I cannot remember. I can remember uh, at Nebraska when it was a Penn State sideline infraction and they got one. Do you remember this, yeah. Steve? It was about yeah. 10 yeah. years and, ago. And the sideline infraction, I think, was because an official was running down the sideline and ran into somebody. Right? And they already had a warrant. I think that was the reason why. Okay. Um, I didn't know whether somebody was – whether they were nope. – not that not the Bill would ever protest. <laughs> because no, that's not, not Bill. No, Bill would never protest. No, no. <laughs> and Joe would flail at officials, yeah. and you wouldn't see yeah. uh, necessarily that call. So that's what I'm asking you. A, is it taking place? Because I remember nope. at Nebraska, nope. we asked O'Brien, nope. uh, was John Butler, <laughs> who was yes. pretty aggressive on the sideline, yeah. and O'Brien no, said, no, it wasn't him. And uh, yeah. But I just wondered if it had happened before or no. a point of emphasis to you. Know. I, I not, and I don't think it's a point of emphasis. I, I don't know. Um, it's interesting because, and I gave this example earlier in the show, Bruce Parkhill was coaching a game at St. Joe's. And uh, it was on Hawk Hill. And the guard, Tony Ward, was one of the guards. I think Paul Murphy was the other one. And Penn State's winning the game by a dozen. And Bruce starts yelling out. He says, hey, you guys got to get your heads together. Get in the game. And he got teed. And he looked over and he goes, what did I get teed for? He says, you can't talk to us like that. And he says, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to them. Right. And, the, and of course, the official like, put his head down like, oh, man. And sometimes well, that ha- happens. And I think that sounds like that's what happened on Saturday. Well, Sean said he thought he was directing or yelling at him, but he was sort of across the field at that point. So yeah, I, I, couldn't, um, I think it was just just pretty odd. I wonder if it was how, what the kind of background yeah. it was. Yeah, that's, 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 you know, like I said, that's the best story I have for is the Park Hill story, which <laughs> like, I think, what's he getting a T for? He, he saw and, Murph Shapiro. Oh, Murph. Oh, <laughs> I, I was in the locker room getting ready to do the pregame show with him before the Atlantic 10 Tournament Championship game. And they handed him the card. And he looked at me, he says, boy, he says, Murph Shapiro's name better not be on this card. And he opened the card. I'm not going to get into the word he used. I do remember the card ended up on the floor. And I waited two minutes before I did the pregame show. <laughs> well, the words he used were directed to Bernovich later. <laughs> yes, yeah, they were. Yes. Murph made the cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Neil, always a pleasure. Appreciate you a lot. Hey, thanks, Steve. Have a good week. You, you too. Neil Riddell, Altoona Mirror. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. 
Brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570 286 5855. Stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. All right, Penn State basketball tonight. Butler in the Jordan Center. Contrasting styles. Butler wants to go inside. Manny Bates, the transfer from NC State, had 25 in the opener against New Orleans. 6'11", 240. Uh, Eric Hunter, obviously Micah knows really well. He had been the point guard at Purdue. He's now the point guard for Thad Mata. And I'll tell you, a good player that goes under the radar but will not be under the radar on this broadcast, Chuck Harris, good player. Uh, So Penn State's with Bates. It's going to be interesting to see how they want to play Bates tonight. I'll get a better read. I'm watching shoot around here which I'm going to in about 35 minutes. Then I'll do the pregame with Micah. Um, and it's 8.30 tonight, 8 o'clock the airtime. Although, we, you know, of course, this is opposite the Eagles. So while um, while Matt and the kids are singing at home, other people will be working. Uh, so that's great. <laughs> I will be keeping dibs on the game, though, as I'm watching. You're all going to be jumping around, singing songs and all everything. I know. will, but I can multitask. I mean, I, mean, I mean, do you guys do Christmas carols too, or is it just like a one-trick pony? <laughs> well, we will when the time comes. Yeah, but the kids don't know the words to that. Well, we're going to teach them. Luke can pick up songs pretty quickly, I must say. Really? Oh yeah, he he likes to play guitar with Daddy now. Doing all the air different guitar. songs he learns. Is it it's fun? Air, air, air guitar? No, it's the real acoustic. Really? Yes, I have been playing. Me personally, I have been taking lessons since I was eight, but I've been playing since I was three. Actually. Wow, you are impressive. No, yeah. no, I I mean that. That's very impressive. Thank you. I, I I do mean that. Oh yeah. That is that is not a. I'm not. Don't play no. as much as I used to in high school, but uh, I still play it from time to time at, at mass mostly, okay. at church mostly. That is that is that is beautiful. I'm glad. That's great. Thank you. No, no, I'm. It's uh, and I I sincerely mean that. Um, that is great. Um, all right. So. Now, does Lisa play uh, any kind of uh, musical instrument? She knows a little piano. She knows a little flute. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. I can't, seriously, I, there's, I can't play a musical instrument. I've never really tried either. It's never been an interest of mine. Yeah, that's you know, that nothing to do with the fact it just hasn't been. Yeah, it's not like I don't like music. I do, but I've never, never had the desire to do that. And uh, 
It's beautiful. And and you do this at church, huh? That's wonderful. Is it like a folk group or? Well, I well growing up and when I was growing up in the Poconos, I would do it in our in our uh, folk choir, and I would and okay. I would do it at at uh, school for school masses, and then um, I did it occasionally at college for for church and college mm-hmm. and, and Clarion, and then I do from time to time for my current parish here at St. Monica in Sunbury. Hey, now, does when Luke sings Fly, Eagles, Fly, is it that same high-pitched voice where your fillings move? <laughs> That's correct. Don't record that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> A message from this station and the Ad Council. <laughs> It may be adorable within the confines of the home. Just for the moment, let's just keep it there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want a little friendly advice? Duly noted. (laughs) Today's show, and I love the little guy, believe me. (laughs) There'll be a moment in time. The moment's not now, okay? (laughs) Maybe when we get a little more resonance. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I mean, you should hear during the break how he's warming his voice up to sing Fly Eagles Fly. <laughs> Just Man, I, mean, I, I feel like I should get battle pay. I mean, I, I don't. I, I've got to wonder sometimes if Roger knows what I put up with. All right, so uh, it's, be a good week to talk to when we take on his Commanders tonight. <laughs> yeah, I wish Roger owned the Commanders. Uh, <laughs> I think America would wish Roger owned the Commanders. That'd be in way better shape. All right, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Marcus Reed and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. Motorcycle, boat, RV, they take care of it all at Purdy Insurance. Marcus Reed and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com, the pros, pros. Joined now by Dave Cicchini. Dave, welcome. Fun to talk about your football team this week. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a great day on Saturday and a huge win for our program. Yeah, no question. So let's get to this because now we're looking at a football team that's won a couple here down the stretch. Dave, are you playing your best football? We are. We're playing our most consistent football, uh, and, and really in all three phases. You know, we we've gone through. You know, some growing pains as the season progressed where, you know, the defense was maybe firing on all cylinders, but the offense wasn't. We had some games where the offense was doing okay, but special teams let us down. Uh, You know, on on Saturday against Georgetown, you know, it wasn't a perfect football game by any means, uh, but particularly in that fourth quarter, the defense stepped up, the offense stepped up, special teams stepped up, and and, uh, when we needed plays in the clutch, we made them. How gratifying is this because, look, Everybody wants to win, and and it's a special validation to winning. And when things aren't quite going the way you hope, and that the kids battle back like this, how gratifying is this for a head coach? 
really gratifying and, and really for us for two reasons you know number one you, you've been working with seniors for four years you know this is their last go around uh, with the program you've seen the work uh, the sacrifice that they've made over this time and how much better they've gotten from when you first uh, uh, started working with them as, as freshmen and, and to have them experience success and, and that kind of you know just validates all of their sacrifice that's great too but it, it's also important for the returning guys in the program you know we've had so many games where you know had a break went just our way here or there a drop pass tipped past you know bad call non-call whatever it is and those things you know uh, translated into tough tough losses you know overtime against uh you know very first game of the season against Towson and and so on and so forth so to get these wins uh you know like we did on Saturday against Georgetown like we did three weeks ago uh at at Lehigh you know where you win the close ones and you make the plays in the fourth quarter it, it it's great for them it gives them confidence it gives them things to build on uh confidence in themselves and and in the schemes and and so really benefits everybody at this stage in the game. Yeah, no question. And what does this say about the leadership? It is one element for you to be the voice and talk to them. It's another where the leadership and that normally is your seniors where they deliver messages and you feel like they're being heard. It is a even bigger challenge in our program this year, particularly because that size of our senior class, only to have 11 seniors, uh, that's, you know, a, a half. Uh, you know, you're hopeful a good a good senior class, certainly in the Patriot League, is 22, 23, 24 guys. The last time we had a class that size was uh, the spring COVID season that we went to the Patriot League championship game. So it, it certainly helps when you have numbers uh, in in that senior class, and we didn't. And that meant we had a lot of younger players that kind of had to pick up that mantle. And, and we've had a great junior class, which is a large class, and they've stepped up and, and, and kind of taken it upon themselves to accelerate their you know maturity and, and, and their voices, their leadership, uh, and, and they've really helped us, particularly through you know the times where we were struggling uh, with some losses and we weren't experiencing the success that we thought we were going to get. Quarterback situation has been so interesting for you because, I mean, there's just circumstances you can't control when you get into a situation like that. Uh, now you're watching it the way it's playing out. What have been your thoughts about you know what's kept it together there? Yeah, well, certainly you know we we've uh, had four quarterbacks play for us this year, yeah. and, and we've had some that have gotten injured, some that have been out of games because of illness, uh, and that's you know just that's the way the game goes. We've been a fairly healthy football team uh, at most positions, uh, particularly on defense, but quarterback's been a tricky one, and and so to get some consistency there has been a challenge. You know, Nick. Septon Felter started for us. He started, uh, you know, really proved himself against Lehigh a couple weeks ago, and 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 uh, got us made some big plays in the second half to get us the victory there. And um, you know, he was healthy and available for the Georgetown game, and he went out and and just as the game went longer, the better he got. Uh, just not only with his play, but with his leadership, his confidence, his demeanor. You know, down. It's it's uh, a you know it's a nerve wracking situation. We had had to drive 83, 84 yards or so with two minutes to go in the ball game out of timeouts, and he did an incredible job of that. But then we needed to make the two point conversion to tie the game 
to send it to, to overtime. He made a big throw there, and then uh, he had to uh, you know get us points in overtime, and he was able to to uh, at least lead us to a point where we could kick a field goal, and and uh, then our defense came up really huge uh, to to uh, seal the victory with a, a Gavin Pringle interception. But uh, yeah, a lot of that credit goes to Nick and and how he has developed and, and continues to develop a, as a, a junior quarterback. To me, it's, it, on kickoff returns, it's more, and even punt returns, but on kickoff returns, it's more than just, I'm really fast. You have to have a feel for it. Coleman betted at the kickoff return for a touchdown for you on Saturday. What kind of feel does he have for that? Yeah, he is a dynamic player, one of the fastest players on our team. Uh, he does so much for us on offense. Uh, you know, just getting the ball in his hands is always something that we look to do, whether that's out of the backfield, um, carrying the football or motioning him out. He, he can run routes like a wide receiver. He's got great hands, uh, but he has that instinct. Uh, you know, when you, when you're returning a kick, it comes down to one move. The, the you know, in, in the particular case of, uh, uh the Georgetown return, he, he fielded the, the kickoff around the six or seven yard line and we got him to about the 30. Our blocks got him there and and it was an unbelievably well blocked uh uh scheme and uh, but from then on over uh, you reach that point it's like hey you're still going to have to make one man or two men miss uh, on pretty much any you know it's rare just to break through that line of blocking and and have nobody there and uh he made a great cutback um uh, made the their safety player miss and then had the speed to get around uh the edge get down the sideline and outrun the pursuing players a couple of them had pretty good angles on him but his speed just enabled them uh to get the end zone that's his second time so far this season he's made it into the end zone unfortunately against Lafayette that was the opening kick of the game and that was nullified by a meaningless uh, hold so he was confident we knew that he was a dangerous returner uh, because he had proved that earlier on in the season and this time it was great to get him in the end zone and look back down the field and not see any any flags on the field so that was great Matt Shear uh, kicks the game winner in overtime, but he also kicked a 50-yard field goal in the game, which is the longest field goal of Bucknell since 1981. What are you seeing out of him, especially now in not just the clutch, but also the uh, scoring range for the offense? Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, he uh, just just a freshman uh, who didn't start for us uh, as the season started, and we have had some troubles there. Uh, and we just kept noticing him. He was he was kicking the ball with more and more confidence. He was getting his timing down. Uh, you know, you you kick with a T in 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 most high schools do. Uh, you don't have that T in college for field goals, and and so it, it can be a little bit of an adjustment. But he did a phenomenal job, and and uh, you know we knew he had a very strong leg. And and the thing that we didn't know is when we gave him those opportunities, whether he was going to let the nerves get to him and he proved again in that Lehigh game kicking the game winning field goal with 18 seconds left now that was a short one but in that game he also had a 48 yard field goal as well so we knew he had had a leg and and um you know there was a just a little bit of a breeze that uh, you know he told me pregame like coach I'm feeling really good I think I can get one from 51 52 and we were laying we were sitting there with the ball you know right at the exact position for a 50 yarder and and uh, you know we needed a jolt in the arm uh, at the time we needed to get points on the board and uh, he kicked it it would have been good from 55 it was uh, straight down the middle uh, and just an unbelievable kick and and he did a phenomenal job with his kickoffs as well throughout the game so uh, really proud of him he got the uh, 
Patriot League uh, Rookie of the Week award for the second time here in the last five weeks, and and uh, uh, he's really just he's got an incredible future ahead of him. And uh, Maris will be the one coming up this week at one o'clock. Uh, just a quick thumbnail on what makes them a tough opponent. Yeah, so they do. Uh, they have some schemes. They they do a pretty good job of of throwing the uh, ball, spreading it around on offense, and and keep you guessing. Uh, but it's their defense that that really makes them go. Uh, they, they run a three three stack, which isn't the most popular defense that that's out there this is really you know this is our 11th week of the season it's really the only team that we will have played that runs that style uh, of defense and so it's a little bit different it's it's going to be key they've got a lot of 50-year players that have have been in that scheme and, and they're very confident uh, running uh, the things that they do. Uh, it's a team that's been hurt by the big play, but it's really going to come down to us the last week uh, being able to, to kind of adapt our schemes to deal with you know an, an unorthodox defense, a, a defense that does things a little bit differently, uh, and uh, be able to go out and, and build off of the, the consistent uh, improvement that we've had over the last couple of weeks. So uh, it should be a good challenge. Uh, it should be a great game, and, and hopefully uh, when it's all said and done, uh, it'll be a, a great way to cap off the season here by getting another win. Congrats on the great win this past weekend. Nothing but the best of luck on Saturday with Maris. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Dave Cicchini, head football coach Bucknell. All right. Um, does Luke sing the Bucknell fight song when they score? We're not there yet, no. I thought you said he learned songs quickly. <laughs> I, I I just haven't taught him that yet. I've tried to I've tried to teach him Ray Bucknell here and there, but I haven't been consistent enough yet. Well, we're getting there. Tell him to get it together. Let's go. Yeah, we got to work on it. I know. Well, that's well, on no, Daddy though. That's not he... on him. That's on Daddy. What are you talking? Oh, come on. Oh, it's, it's always the co- it's always the coach's fault. <laughs> Always a good. I know you operate. I got it. All right, we'll come back. Uh, wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult, well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Pick it off the right, into the end zone, touchdown Pittsburgh. Oh, my almighty! The victory parade they had today in Pittsburgh was phenomenal. What a turnout. No? Did I miss something? 
would be pretty sad if they did. Well, it's, it's obviously something Philadelphia's done before because they've had to. Uh, so <laughs> we're ninety zero. Like, okay, good. I think other people have been there too. <laughs> That's like. <laughs> Uh, you do know the other teams in the history of the game have been nine and zero, right? Yes, absolutely. Even in your own division, that's correct. Yeah, but you haven't. Not in franchise history, no. That's sad. All right. Um, <laughs> Why we're enjoying it? See how far they can take it. Uh, I would think they would win by ten tonight. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like 26-17, something like that. I, to be honest with you, I like Heineke as a quarterback. I do. Yeah, uh, I, I, I It doesn't agree. mean he's perfect or great or incredible, whatever, but you know, he's got something about him. It's a little different swagger to him. Uh, where I think, he, you know, I mean, he'll make mistakes. I mean, no question, but he also will make some plays. <clears throat> I won't see you tonight. I've got Penn State Butler basketball tonight, 8.30. Um, By the way, it's on Fox Sports 1 tonight. And uh, we've got Neil Kulong tomorrow. We've got got Frank Bodani tomorrow. We've got Ken Pomeroy tomorrow, Ken Pom. Got a lot going on tomorrow. How about that? Another good one coming up. That's yeah. how we roll. And I got to get to the airport. So Sirius XM called me today. Can you uh, do the show at 3.30? I said, no. How about 4.30? I said, no. How about 5.30? I said, well, I'll be sitting on the plane. I said, we don't take off till 6. They go, good enough. <laughs> I said, okay. Well, all right. Okay. Okay, then. Very nice. So, whatever. I'll just, I can sit in my seat and talk. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. The World Cup, by the way, starts this weekend. Yeah, Monday is uh, USA-Wales. Now, now, what are we calling it? Is it Qatar or Qatar? I've heard Qatar, and I always thought it so was Qatar. So have I. I've always thought it was Qatar, too, and now I'm seeing TV commercials where they're pronouncing it Qatar. Ew. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Well, that's a problem. I mean... Now, one of them I saw Hope Solo do a commercial for. So I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of like, okay. I'm yeah, not we'll gonna, just skip that. Okay, I'm not going to count that. But I always thought it was Cutter. Yep, me too. I mean, the U.S. has whales in the opener. Correct. No offense, but you got to win it. You, I mean, you got to beat whales. Come on. You got to. You would think, but Team USA men, um, they've been, yeah, they've been making you scratch your head the last couple of years. I think they'll be a little bit better, but they're not the best of the best. I can tell you that. I mean, I love what, I don't know what what it's for, but the holiday commercials with Santa Claus, like you know, about the U.S. winning the World Cup. Okay. So what do you think of Jeff Saturday coaching in the NFL? There are a lot of former coaches, head coaches, Bill Cower, Tony Dungy, oh, yeah. they are not. They are not for this. Not even close. Uh I I was definitely a head scratcher to me when they made the move, but I genuinely like Jeff Saturday. I think he could be a good leader, and I thought he could be a head coach, but not right now, and not 
just to go from TV analyst and then boom, you're a head coach. I thought he would, you'd want to see him move up in the ranks a little bit. But I, I guess so far so good. I mean, the Raiders stink out loud, but, you know, Eagles get them next week in Indy. So I'll get a better feel then, I guess. Yeah, I... Wow. I, I don't know what to think of it. It makes... It doesn't make sense to me. Um, only because there's a way to go about it. I mean, you know, there's certain decisions you have to make. Although Brandon Staley's a head coach in the NFL, and on fourth and three at his own eight-yard line, he went for it on fourth down last night. Like, okay, with timeouts in the back pocket. I'm well, Mike McCarthy that. in overtime last night. You Mike go for McCarthy? it on fourth and four at the 35-yard line instead of kicking the field goal to take the lead. When he's got a guy with a giant leg. Exactly. I, mean, I, I was Mar. dumbfounded. I mean, Dan Lanning at Oregon? How about that one? His own 40-yard line with his backup quarterback in the game in a tie game. Went for it. Like, I finally got at home in time to see that. I'm seeing this thing. And this guy, remember, they opened up and got blown out in Atlanta by Georgia. And to the credit of Dan Lanning, his staff, and his players, they bounced back and won every game after that. So let's give credit where credit's due. But I, I always hate when I hear... Well, he's done this all year. He's done that all year. So he's gone for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter with the game tied with his backup quarterback in the game all year? No, he hasn't. They've been ahead in the fourth quarter of games. And his starting quarterback, Bo Nix, has been in there. So he hasn't done that all year. I mean, again, time, score, situation. Like... Like, okay, well. And then, of course, that opened the door for Washington to have a short field, get a field goal, take the lead. Then he brought Bo Nix back into the game. Nix had been hurt. But Nix came back in the game. It's been a, in the name of, of cards and analytics, there are a, a number of interesting decisions how about that and you i mean and you listen to the broadcast how often do you hear me say yeah i think they're going to go for it here mm. i say it a lot yeah i mean cuz i'm not against going for it on fourth down but again it's time score situation and the ones i bring out on the show are the ones where i sit back and think to myself that is not the right time it's not the right score and it's not the right situation I don't care what the card says. Oh, my goodness. Brent Moss, former Rose Bowl MVP, great running back of Wisconsin, passed away at 50. Oh, goodness.